Welcome back to the Call in Our Shop podcast. We are live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. You can download the Call in Our Shop podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Austin, joined by Logan and Sam, the usual suspects. And we're here to talk about the NFL week eight, talk about week nine, give our upset picks, a lot of other fun stuff to cover. But Sam, I got to come to you first, because if you listen to last week's podcast, you said verbatim. And I, it's, it's funny that it came exactly true, because we're both Jets fans. And you said the most Jets thing would be that we would have a QB controversy on our hands. And Mike White shocked the world, 37 for 45, throwing for 405 yards. And the Jets obviously won, crushing a lot of money line parlays, including my own. So I got to give you your credit. I don't know if you looked into your magic ball, but shout out to you, man. Yeah, you know, the worst part about it being a Jets fan is that it's only going to get worse, right? I would love for him to just throw a dud on Thursday night football against the Colts to just squash this whole controversy and have Wilson come back when he's healthy. But in true Jets fashion, watch him throw another 500-yard, five-touchdown game this week, and then we won't know what to do. Play the you know, <laughs> untapped potential of Mike White or, or a rookie phenom who's not been a phenom. It's, it's awful. But, yes, I had some good foresight last week, and um, glad to be bringing more Jet hot takes this week. <laughs> we look forward to hearing it. Uh, it was the most Jets thing I think we've I've ever seen in a, in a hot minute. So it's good to see Mike White play so well. I think it was very unexpected. My bold prediction was that the Jets would not score a single point last week. So you see how that you see how that turned out. A couple of points above my zero prediction. But Logan, what do you think about our Jets? Because I think we're back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's it's so funny, you know, being surrounded, you know, cornered by these two Jet fans, these these two clowns. That's just that week in and week out, tune into their their great football product. And you sometimes you get surprises. You know, sometimes the blind squirrel finds the nut. And I think that's what happened with, with the Jets offense. Can you sustain that for two weeks in a row? I, I put my house on the answer being no, but we'll see, right? <laughs> but I would like to point out a stat. The Jets have more wins over 500 teams than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I'm just saying, maybe we're better than the Bucs. That's all I got to say. But yeah, you're right. Can the Jets do it again? We'll talk about Thursday Night Football in a little bit. Um, And maybe it was just that teams don't have a lot of tape on Mike White, so they really didn't know what the heck was coming in, was coming out. They didn't know he was the best QB in the NFL. But uh, hey, we're going to talk about week eight. And uh, Logan, I want to switch over to you. Give me your biggest takeaway from this week in football, because there's a lot that went down, whether it's Derrick Henry getting injured, which we can talk about a little bit later. But what was your biggest takeaway this weekend? Yeah, so my my biggest takeaway is the NFC power dynamic, and it, it, it kind of plays into the trade deadline and the moves that were made and the moves that weren't made. So first of all, you got the Rams, who just absolutely look like a juggernaut offensively. Matt Stafford's lighting the world on fire. Cooper Cup, Sam, I know you love Cooper Cup more than life itself. He it's, Cooper Cup is just an absolute. He's just an absolute beast. Yeah, so I have your roses, but no, really. It, it, it's the Rams getting Von Miller. I mean, that, what a ferocious defense that is. That, that strikes fear into every offensive lineman's heart. I mean, seriously. And then you've got teams that didn't make moves that I think really needed to make moves. Tampa Bay Buccaneers did not address their secondary. You saw them get carved up uh, by Trevor Simeon uh, on, on the weekend. They needed to make some moves, didn't do it. The Packers, I, I think, could have used uh, some more moves. They didn't make them either. So I think the gap kind of, kind of widened. I think it's Cowboys and Rams at the top of the NFC. And I, and I, I would take them over Tampa Bay and Green Bay. I know, I know, Sam, your cheesehead. I know you're not going to like that. Well, look, I agree. The Rams are all in, and that was an amazing move on their part. They want to win the Super Bowl this year. And so how do you do it? You get someone like Von Miller. Add another piece to an already stacked defense. I agree with you. What I disagree with you on is 
Why do you think the Packers need to make any more moves? I mean, they just beat what everyone claimed to be the best team in the NFL with a bunch of, you know, D3 wide receivers catching the ball from Aaron Rodgers last week. You know, they're going to get Devontae Adams back. I don't know how you can't have the Packers as the number one team in the NFC right now. Let, let me so let me come back to you. It's not necessarily the offensive side of the ball. It's the defensive side of the ball for the Packers that always, you know, it has me nervous, right? There, there's a lot of DBs on that team just seem to commit a lot of dumb penalties. Their, their defensive front is okay, but it's not great. That's what that's what I'm saying. They're going to need some Aaron Rodgers heroics to stay up with a team like, you know, the Rams in the come playoff time. I think I mean, it's an inter- I think it's an interesting from my perspective. When you look at it, Aaron Rodgers really hasn't looked good in his in the postseason so far. Like for the past couple, I don't know, five to ten years, he hasn't really performed there. But Stafford's hardly ever been in the playoffs, so that can make a big kind of difference this come whenever playoff season comes. But my question is, does Von Miller necessarily make them, you know, that much better? I, I, this is a guy that's aging, thirty-two years old. He struggled with injuries the past couple of years, so does it necessarily make them marginally, maybe marginally better? But does it make them, you know, the Super Bowl favorite if they weren't already that? Well, at the very least, it adds depth, right? I mean, if they, you know, God forbid, get, take some awful injury in the next couple of weeks, it's good to have Von Miller as a backup there. But, you know, you never know when a, an aging player is going to, you know, have an amazing couple of games stretch, and that's really all they need. So if Von Miller starts clicking in the, in the postseason, they're going to be glad they didn't versus not do it. I really don't see that much of a, you know, risk on their part. I think it was a six-round pick that they had to get for that. No, they, they mean, gave up a second and a third. Oh, you're right, you're right, right. I was thinking of, of the um, Melvin Ingram one. But yeah, so that, that is more capital. So you're going to expect something from him there. But I think it's going to be worth it in the long run. I think it was a no-brainer trade from the Broncos kind of stand base. I understand if you're a Broncos fan, you probably have grown to love Von Miller from just his career, from being so good in the Super Bowl and so many good, so many good seasons. But the fact that they got a second and third round pick, you got to be excited for that. The Rams continue to trade away all their draft picks. It's going to bite them in the butt one of these years, but they're going all in. They got Stafford. There's no reason for them not to kind of push all their chips into one table. So I'm excited to see what, you know, Von Miller can do. He really hasn't had a ton of help on that Broncos defensive line. Bradley Chubb, who they drafted a couple of years back, hasn't really been healthy so far through his young season and the young career. So I'm excited for Von Miller. He won't see a double team, which he probably has seen double teams nonstop throughout the past two, three seasons. You can't double team him with Aaron Donald coming up the middle. Absolutely. Von Miller, as a Panther fan, Von Miller is, is on my mind way too much. He absolutely, he's a game wrecker. And, and as Sam said, they didn't give up, all, I mean, they gave up second and third round pick, but when, when you're in win now mode, like, like the Rams are no brainer decision. Yeah. Sometimes you got to do that, but I kind of agree with you. I think the Bucks could have addressed some things. Um, the Saints always have had their number for whatever reason in, in the Superdome and the Bucks, I think are one of the teams that needs home field advantage. They are, out of any team, I think out of over the Packers, over the over the Rams, over the Cowboys, they need home field advantage. They're really going to have to turn it on because they're a completely different team away from home. When you look at the games they've played at home, granted it was against bad teams, but they've just absolutely obliterated everyone at home. So they're going to need to really turn it on. But Sam, what was your biggest takeaway from week, week eight? I think you already kind of hinted at it. Yeah, no, my biggest takeaway uh, was over Thursday night last week. And I, I talked about it. I've been talking about it. And I'm going to continue to talk about it. Packers had a big time game, right? Down Devontae Adams. Can they beat the Arizona Cardinals? Everyone had crowned them the best in the West, probably even the best in the NFC going into the week. And you know what? Rodgers was Rodgers. He made it happen. He got it done. Um, And that defense that Logan likes to point holes and find the Swiss cheese in held them 
to 21 points, I mean, which is arguably one of the most prolific offenses. It was a good performance, not a great performance, but they got it done. And I don't know how you can't take that confidence moving into the postseason when they're going to have Devontae Adams back. Hopefully he's back this week. Packers, they're winning the Super Bowl this year. They're going deep in the postseason. I think this is when Rodgers gets it done. Like he hasn't been able to get it done in the past few years. Yeah, the Packers have had very good regular seasons the last, I don't know, what, two, three years, and they never can turn it on in the postseason. So I got to see it to believe it. It definitely did not help that the Arizona Cardinals are basically down DeAndre Hopkins the whole game besides the first his first catch of the game. He was out the rest of it. But I guess you could point that the Packers are also missing their star wide receiver. So I can't necessarily say, well, that was the difference maker. But I'd argue on that last play to A.J. Green, I guarantee you that's not to A.J. Green. That's probably to DeAndre Hopkins. And he probably comes down with it more often than not. So, so props yeah, to the Packers. Was impactful enough to have that almost go-ahead touchdown that got called back because the face mask. I mean, he did have a role. Granted, it was limited, but it was a bigger role than what Devontae Adams had. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, if playing tit for tat, they're both down a big receiver. But I think you can make the argument Cardinals had a way bigger, uh, deeper of a receiving core to be able to make up for it. It didn't impact them as much as everyone thought it was going to impact the Packers. Yeah, I think it. I think when it comes to the Cardinals, they have Kyler Murray, and he's obviously not as you know tenured as a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who can get comfortable with the receiver pretty quickly. So I think the loss of Kyler Murray or loss of DeAndre Hopkins might be a little bit more impactful to him, just because it's some guy he's played with, practiced with two straight seasons. It's the guy he knows and he's developed with. But I get what you're saying. Like it's you got to be able to win that game against a team that is that you're at home and they're down their top two pass catchers. They're relying on Randall Cobb and he's, that's all they really had to get into the end zone. The run game looked good though. So AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones both looked pretty good, but a very, very interesting game started off Thursday night football with a bang. And then the rest of the weekend followed suit with a bunch of weird upsets. But my biggest takeaway was that, man, the chiefs have not looked good and they continue to not look good. You know, you saw them on Monday night football, against the Giants everyone had them as 10 and a half point favorites they're like take the Chiefs come on they got to bounce back and they nearly lost that game outright to the New York Giants who have not really inspired a lot of people recently down Saquon Barkley Kadarius Tony gets injured Sterling Shepard gets injured Kenny Galladay's injured they just did not look good now they did the defense they held the Giants to 17 points congrats that's not saying too much so I'm scared I don't I'm not ready to say the Chiefs aren't going to make the playoffs but I think they're in that that scary territory they're playing your beloved Packers this week they're sitting at what three and four? I don't remember or four and four. So playing your Packers, I'm scared for the Chiefs. Are you guys have any positive outlook on them? You know, I think they're actually going to play up, and I could see this being a week where they bounce back and maybe Mahomes gets a little bit of confidence. Because you're right, against the sorry Giants team, that should have been the week they should have just been exercising on that on that team, and it ended up being a close game. But you know what? Yeah, I like to see you know have full mentality for the Chiefs. I think Mahomes gets his confidence back. And while I like the Packers, ultimately, if it ends up being a shootout, Mahomes kind of gets some chemistry, some confidence back. Season's not over yet. There's still a chance, but they got to start making it happen quick if they really want to rally in the second half of the season. Logan, what do you think? Yeah, it's 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 really weird to see the Mahomes magic kind of kind of dry up, right? You know, all those improv crazy plays that he's that we're used to him making, he's throwing interceptions on them. And I I, I know it, it's it's baffling really to see his stat line. Everyone's so used to seeing him 300 yards, three plus touchdowns. That's the Patrick Mahomes we've we've all uh, known. But really, you know, what it comes down to, I think defenses have kind of figured out the Chiefs' scheme, right? You know, you 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 don't let Tyreek Hill beat you, and you make try you you make you make them try to dink and dunk. Uh, down low but you know what Pat, Pat Mahomes for whatever reason that offense isn't clicking 
you know, they might, they, a more positive outlook there. It seems like they're uh, more establishing the run game. You got Gore, not Frank Gore, but a different Gore in there. Um, and maybe they'll get CEH back. But I, I, I think, I think going forward, the, the Chiefs is one of those like buy low stocks. I'm, I'm definitely not ready uh, to say they won't make the playoffs though. Yeah. The, I mean, like I said, this is a big matchup against the Packers. I think they're even favored in this game. It's at home, but I don't know how you can pick them with a ton of confidence. I would, would be willing to bet we're recording this Tuesday night that 90 something percent of bets will be on Packers money line or spread in that game. So normally when that happens, normally the opposite happens, but I, I just don't have a lot of faith in the chiefs so far. And you're right. Their defenses are kind of figuring them out. And I forget, and this happened a long time ago, like in the, in the like end of last season, I saw some clips uh, on Twitter of someone posted like Patrick Mahomes dropped interceptions. So they probably had a clips like compiled of like 15 to 20 interceptions last season that were all dropped and they probably could have been caught. And so maybe those are just getting caught this season and weren't getting caught last season. Either way, they're kind of ruining that magic. Mahomes is just looking like he's running out for running out there for his life and really struggling, but we're going to move past that. We're going to talk. We're about halfway through the season. Like I said, we're on week nine. So we're going to kind of break down all the rookie QBs. We haven't talked about them in a, in a quick minute. So we're just going to give you our quick thoughts on each of them. And we're going to start with the Patriots quarterback, Mac Jones. So Sam, what is your, you were the one early beginning of the season. You're like, Mac Jones is going to be the best quarterback. I don't even remember your exact take in the AFC East. What are your takeaways <laughs> on him so far this season? I mean, predominantly positive. Um, he started off playing pretty conservative and each week it seems like he's opening up his arsenal and his can a little bit more. And he's definitely gaining some confidence. Patriots have done a great job. I like what Josh McDaniels has done in terms of giving him the small amount of opportunities to really not, you know, um, overcrowd him with thoughts about what he's going to do. It's kind of a simple, straightforward game plan. But of the five quarterbacks we're about to talk about, is there any argument to be made that Mac Jones is not the best of those five right now? I mean, I just I like what he's done. Granted, I think they uh, what stat I saw like two. How many wins do the Patriots have right now? I think they're four Whatever and four. Two of them are against the Jets, which doesn't say much. But still, I like what I've seen from Mac Jones, and yeah, I the, think I'll yeah. to see the rest of the season. Yeah, they had a good win over the Patriots or against the Chargers, which was my upset pick last week. So pat on the back for me. But I think Mac Jones, he looks like Alex Smith 2.0. Like you don't see a guy that's going to stretch the ball, stretch it deep. But he is a guy that's, you know, it's been completing a lot of percentage of his passes. He's been more of a game manager. And I think in terms of the other four guys we're about to talk about, he's definitely, like I've said earlier in the season, he was put in the best situation. Josh McDaniel is one of the best offensive coordinators in the NFL still been a guy that's been like rumored for NFL head coach head coaching opportunities every single offseason just hasn't taken the right one and Mac Jones has looked pretty good Logan do you have any different takeaway do you think you know this this is ceiling or what have you been seeing from Mac Jones no I I, I really you know I I have to agree with both of you I there's no takeaways but you do mention that he, he was put in the best uh, situation for sure I mean that offensive line let, let's look at the the rest of the list of rookie quarterbacks he had an he had a ready-made offensive line he's got a really good you know running game with with Damian Harris I mean that's 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 a really good offense that he's he's put into but a rookie quarterback that, that doesn't have a good offensive line that's just really trying to make magic happen. How about Justin Fields? I want to talk about Fields and what he uh, was able to do last week. Get Finally getting it done on the ground. Everyone's been clamoring. Well, use your legs, Justin Fields. Well, how's that 100 yards rushing sound? I mean, Justin Fields had himself a game. Bears, unfortunately, didn't get the win because their defense didn't play all that great. But Justin Fields, finally, we saw some flashes of, of why the, what the Bears you know spent that high pick on him. 
and, and it's it's really it's really encouraging. I hope Matt Nagy and and the rest of the offensive staff. I mean, Matt Nagy was out with COVID. Maybe that's why he did well. I don't know, but it, definitely, I, I hope they incorporate more of the rushing attack for Fields. Yeah, Fields finally he had a, what a hundred yards rushing, so good for him against a pretty decent 49ers defense. But I'm still not necessarily sold on him. The one play which I saw, I don't know who posted since play of the year with his running his rushing touchdown. I think that was a little bit of an overreaction, but happy to see him making some plays with yeah. his feet because that's something that obviously a lot of people have been looking for, not only in fantasy football, but also from him in the NFL standpoint. People, That's why he was so highly drafted was his playmaking ability. Still not sold on this Bears offense. They really have not looked good. All their running backs are basically injured now. And I don't know, Sam, do you do you think Justin Fields is on the – I mean, I think I would, I would say he's on the uptrend, but is he necessarily, you know, improving that much day by day yet? That's up to you. Yeah, if you're a Bears fan and you saw glimpses of brilliance last week, you, that's got to be a positive takeaway. But for me, it wasn't really enough to think, oh, he's really going to be able to build on this. I think the Bears right now are a mess. And, and honestly, I don't know if Matt Nagy and him are the best duo to be moving forward for the Bears. I think some different personnel could probably do him do him more favor than, than harm. But, I mean, definitely trending up in the right direction. I'd like to see what the next two or three weeks look like for him. Um, but yeah, still a big unknown for me on Justin Fields. I think we can all kind of agree on that. And let's talk about the first overall pick, which we could have talked about first, Trevor Lawrence. And he came off a bye this past week, did not look all too good in Seattle, taking on the Seahawks. I think they lost, I don't know, 31 to seven. It was not a good performance. I don't know what to do with Trevor Lawrence. On one hand, I obviously know the raw talent. This guy coming out of college, one of the best quarterback prospects we've seen in some time, but it's also, you know, another situation where some guy was just thrown into the fire and said, hey, here you go, deal with it. I just don't think Urban, I think Urban Meyer is really kind of selling Trevor Lawrence at the moment. I don't think they're getting LaVisca Chenault the ball enough. He should be used in like a Debo Samuel role. This is a guy that's very good after the catch. Then he only has like two catches every week. Jamal Agnew, which we might talk about a little bit later, he's looked decent. He's had a little bit of juice to him, but Marvin Jones Jr., it, they really don't look all that good. Does it? it doesn't help that DJ Chark isn't there, but Trevor Lawrence not looked all that great, but I'm not ready to, you know, push the panic button. I think any Jags fan won't be pushing the panic button. This was kind of to be expected. I think they just wanted a little bit more production so early into his season. Well, and when I was watching the game last week, I was waiting. I have Lawrence as a quarterback in a double quarterback league. And I was like, when am I going to get my touchdown? Right. And while he finally got a garbage time touchdown, it was just that it was garbage time. They look just horrendous. And yeah, it's hard to blame him. It's hard to really isolate. Okay. Is this Trevor Lawrence when he has absolutely no surrounding crew, but you're right. No rapport with um, any of those two receivers who last year were seemed to be guys and on the up in um, Chenault and LaVisca. So, um, or um, okay, shark, <laughs> that's the same guy twice. So yeah, it's like, what do you even make of the Jags right now? It, not enough to be able to, to deduce anything for Trevor Lawrence. Cause it's just been bad. Yeah, I mean, it didn't help. Obviously, they lost James Robinson, their starting running back, pretty early on into that game. Luckily, I believe he survived like a major injury. But when you got Carlos Hyde coming out of the backfield, I don't know anyone's scared of that. So they never really could get anything going. We'll see how they do this weekend. I don't, they play the Buffalo Bills, I believe. Um, so we'll see how that goes. That probably won't be a good showing. But Sam, we'll let you. So I would skip the Logan, but we're the next rookie QB we're going to talk about is Zach Wilson. So I want you to tackle this one. Man, if I'm Zach Wilson right now, I'm a little worried because uh, I can't say this for sure. I don't think any Jets fans have been chanting Zach Wilson in the first seven weeks of the season, but they damn were shouting Mike White last week. And um, if you're him right now, 
your confidence has to be shaken because this guy is about to unsurp you and you're about to lose fan favorite. You know, your head coach and Robert Sala could have said, yeah, you know what? Good for Mike White. We want a lot from him next week, but Zach Wilson's still our guy. He didn't say that, you know? And so at this point, reading Rich Samini this week, I don't know if, you know, Zach Wilson's definitely going to get the job back in two weeks if Mike White goes out and does what he did last week against the Colts this week. It's an awful position. So if you're Zach Wilson, you're hoping, you're hoping and praying for an awful Jets performance. So, you know, that job's yours. But, you know, he's obviously going to get back on the field at some point. And when he does, he needs to make every use of that opportunity. Because the last thing you want is a QB controversy, especially one in New York City. That media is just awful. So yeah, Zach they Wilson, will. Uh, I'm selling on Zach Wilson right now. Just jump off the ship. It's not yeah, going to They'll absolutely attack him, depending on how Mike White does. I could see two notes. I could see, number one, this two- to four-week injury for Zach Wilson suddenly becoming four weeks and maybe seeing exactly what we got out of Mike White for a couple weeks. Oh, man. As a, as a Jets fan, it's it's hard to kind of process because you don't really, you love Zach Wilson coming out of college. You were, like, so hyped for him. But then the other note, you're like, this Mike White guy looks like he's pretty decent. So, Logan, what are your, what's your kind of takeaway? Because you're obviously an impartial party for the most part. Yeah, I, Mike White's going to not be a thing. It's just, it's just one of those things. It's lightning in a bottle. The Bengals didn't have enough time to prepare for him. They, they're just like, who's this guy? And you know you, you know what Mike White did well, though? He got the ball out quick, and, and he, he made that that terrible Jets offensive line not look not too bad, right? You know, he didn't have – Trevor or, or uh, Zach Wilson, he, he, he has those rookie moments where you, you just kind of see him back in the po- pocket, and he's just kind of deer in headlights, just running around, like not sure what to do. He's not – really processed or polished enough uh, to read defenses. Mike White did, did, did just that, but as defenses figure it out and scheme against Mike White, Zach, Zach Wilson's pure athletic talent will win him back that job. It, this, this is just one of those New York sen- sensationalized media kind of things. Mike White is, is going to be one of those names that were like, oh, remember that? Remember that guy for that one game? Yeah, that, that's more what, what it's going to be. For the most part, I agree with you, but there's one key takeaway, which is what Mike White did is he didn't play hero And that's all Zach Wilson's done. Mike White did not throw a pass longer than 15 yards. And it goes to show that that's sometimes all you need to do. So when Zach Wilson gets back on the field, he needs to start playing smart, boring football, like Robert Sala keeps saying. And until he does that, it's not going to be his team. So I'm concerned right now as a Jets fan. (laughs) He can take notes. He can take notes from Mike White. But at the end of the day, that talent is is just undeniable. They didn't they didn't waste that that high draft pick on Wilson for him to to ride the pine. Absolutely not. I'd agree with that. I don't think there's any way Mike White completely takes that role and rolls with it. He would literally have to play that well for probably four straight games. However long Wilson's out, he has to do that. One bad game, and they're going to be throwing Wilson back in. Yeah, like Logan said, you don't waste all that draft capital, the number two pick in the draft, just to bench a guy for an unknown third-year guy out of Western Kentucky. That's just not – but I think Wilson will learn from this. He has a couple of weeks to sit away from the from the team and just kind of process the NFL and, you know, have the game come a little bit slower and finally realize that you don't have to score a touchdown every single play. I mean, sure, it's fun to look at Patrick Mahomes last couple of years, but now you look at Patrick Mahomes, team's figuring him out. Got to be a little bit more conservative with the ball. And Zach Wilson was not doing that through seven weeks. Finally, kind of, you saw Mike White, like Sam said, he didn't throw a lot of deep passes. Actually, didn't throw a single one. So I'm excited. Uh, we'll see how Zach Wilson does the rest of the year. We'll probably tackle this as this year progresses. But Logan, we'll let you wrap it up. Trey Lance, not much you can really say about it, but I'll let you take it away. 
No, there's there's not. But I, I absolutely love, you know, Trey Lance's raw talent. He just he's one of those quarterbacks that in a few years time, it's going to be more. He'll be, I feel like, the more of the face of the league that I mean, that that arm talent is there. The, the, the legs are there. You just can't see the field, you know, whether it be health, whether it be Garoppolo, because Jimmy G's not a scrub. I mean, Jimmy G's certainly a, 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 you know, serviceable quarterback. I don't think they're in tremendous rush to get Lance out on the field. They're not in, in desperation mode, but I, I definitely think if, if I'm a 49ers fan, I'm, I'm excited about the prospects of Lance going forward. And I, I think we can wrap it up with that. There's really not a lot that you can talk about. He has only played really one, two career games. They're going to keep riding with Jimmy G. Jimmy G played mm-hmm. pretty well on Sunday against the bears. So they're going to keep riding with it, but we're going to finally, tackle we're going to talk a little bit about the trade deadline we already talked about von miller but there weren't really a ton of trades this this uh this deadline i'm just curious about your guys takeaway on odell beckham jr like what do you what do you think about because obviously i believe his dad uh his dad went on to social media and posted like a whole clip like 11 minutes of baker missing him on open routes and then you got lebron tweeting stuff it's almost like obj put out a mass uh media to a bunch of his friends saying hey you guys should get rid of this guy what do you guys take away on Odell? Do you think obviously you can't get moved right now, but right. end of season? Well, I thought I had seen rumors about maybe even like OBJ to the Packers or something like that. But uh, obviously that didn't happen. Although it would have been amazing for my Packers bandwagon. No, I think it says a lot about OBJ as a as an asset. Like what team wants him? They've seen how destructive he can be. So I think it's just as much about OBJ's lack of productivity as is, you know, other teams really not wanting to go out and trade for him. I mean, at this point, it looks like his career really is on the peak down. And I don't think there's a chance for a resurgence at this point. Um, I, I kind of argue with that. I still do think this guy has a lot of talent. Obviously, he struggled with injuries the past couple of years, but this guy is talented. If you watch that 11 minute video, which I watched a couple minutes of it. Yeah, I mean, he was wide open and Baker would either one not throw it to him or two completely miss him. So I do think OBJ has a chance and he's I don't think he's necessarily useless we've seen AJ Green have an absolute resurgence with the Cardinals so I just think he needs a new situation with a better QB and well what that would be lovely if he was in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers but I think just with a you know a top five top 10 QB if he gets in this offseason he can go choose who he plays for I think he'll be much better Logan what about you yeah, the the scheme to me it, it never really made sense that that the Browns got o- Odell Beckham right. They're they're a run first, you know, grind it out type team. And o- OBJ's all all flash, right? He's he, he's on a he, Odell belongs on a team like like the Bucks where it's no risk it, no biscuit, like to where you're up thirty points and still throwing. That's the Bucks. That's the difference between the Bucks and the Browns. The Browns, you know, bake, they tell Baker don't don't let it lose, don't don't lose just the game right that's that's what the browns are trying to play that they, they they like those you know 10 10 to 14 type games and odell is is, is a bit of a diva he's a distraction as, as sam said i don't if i'm a team i'm not i'm not trading assets to go go and get odell i i think his best years are behind him and yeah it's, it just was always a weird fit to me seeing him in the browns i guess that's pretty fair it always has kind of been a weird fit um and his best years are probably behind him but I do not. I do think he still has obviously a bunch of talent, and I, I'm curious what we see at the end of the season, as well as another guy like Deshaun Watson, which we can talk about towards the end of the year. Those are guys that probably get moved this offseason, and we'll just kind of see what goes on. But we're going to move on to Week Nine, and we're going to start with Thursday Night Football. Our New York Jets, well, me and Sam's New York Jets on a on a winning streak, taking on the Colts. Um, so Logan, I'm going to have you start with this game. What is your prediction for it? The Colts are currently ten and a half point favorites, and they're at home. Yeah, the the Colts will, will win and the Colts will cover. The the Colts will probably win 
I'd say I'd say by about 17 to 21 points. It's it's going to be a friendly reminder to Jets fans why you guys are a putrid dumpster fire of an organization. You get you get high off of one win and you get low and then then you're back low. Mike White is going to come crashing back down to earth. It's not it's not going to be pretty uh for 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 the Jets. Everyone and their mother might might be betting Jets in this one. So excited of what they saw from Mike White, but here I am to remind you the, the NFL is a week-to-week kind of league. Any team can win on any given Sunday. Saw that, saw that last week. Clap it up, Jets. Uh, but this this is a new week. The Colts stylistically match up you know, so well against the Jets. They can, they can pound Jonathan Taylor. They don't need Carson Wentz to go out there and be a hero. Carson Wentz tried to do too much last week versus the Titans. You saw what happened. He's not going to have to do that against the Jets. Jonathan Taylor will just run all over the Jets. They're going to have... have Grass stains all over their jersey from him. Uh-huh. The Tennessee what a- and the Cincinnati Bengals did not stylistically match up well against the New York Jets. Because I think every pundit out there would have thought that they stylistically matched up well against. What the did New we York do Jets. to you? What did we do to you? <laughs> Let well, me you know Jets something. Team. The Jets only beat five hundred teams plus five hundred <laughs> teams. The Colts are what three and four. So you're right. We're going to lose this one. Yeah, the only one good team. Going to be a seventeen to twenty point blowout. Let's be honest, we don't know what's going to happen. But to say <laughs> Mike White couldn't recreate that game plan is silly. Like I said, he didn't throw a pass for more than 15 yards. It's not like he got lucky on a couple Hail Marys to Corey Davis. He picked in, uh, apart that that Bengals defense. And what's to say he couldn't do it against a mediocre Colts team? I, it's very possible. Sam, yeah, are yeah, you I, saying what I think you're saying? Oh, uh, wait till the next <laughs> time. I think you're right. <laughs> but Logan, I can't take Logan, you seriously, uh, Logan. I understand, and you know what? I don't know what the Jets did to you. We haven't come after you for your Panthers this week. Clap it up for you guys getting a, a much needed victory. But you know what? I I think I think the Jets their their strength of their defense is their front seven. So I don't know if Jonathan Taylor is do a big game. I think it's going to be guys like my man Michael Pittman Jr. I would love to see him get into the end zone as I'll be starting him on my fantasy team, but. I don't know. I don't know about this Colts team. You know Carson Wentz, he loves to he, DTM, doing too much. That's his specialty. That's, that's what he likes to do. And I don't know. We'll see. We'll see about this matchup because it's going to be it's going to be a good one. Might They're be also good. a very bad game. No, I mean, OK, well, I, let's just be glad we have football because that's, you know, after last year, a, a weird virus year, I was like, I, I'm thankful for, for Jets Colts, even as, as unsexy as it on paper. But they're not going to they're not going to ask Carson Wentz to do too much. And even if he even if uh, he is doing a little too much, Colts are good enough to come back from that. You know, Jets. Logan, you don't get a lot of Jets primetime games. So make yourself some popcorn, a little baby martini, <laughs> sit back and enjoy the game. Kick up your legs. It's some Thursday. Oh, football. my gosh. It's some Jets football, baby. You can't watch anything else. <laughs> I'm sad. I'm, true. I'm done. I'm uh, done. So let's do our game picks. Um, Logan, I'll start with you. What is your score prediction? You already kind of hinted at it, but I need an official one to log. Yeah, we're, we're going to go. We're going to go 31-10 Colts. How do I kick someone off the broadcast? How do I do that? <laughs> no, I think I agree with Logan. I think the Colts are going to win, but I think it's a lot closer. And I think the Jets are going to be more prolific on offense. So I like Colts, but I like them, you know, 28-21. Okay. Um, I respect it. Um, we'll see what your upset pick is later on into the video. But my score prediction is going to be, I do think the Colts win. But I do think last week I actually picked the score exactly. I picked 24-21. Only problem was I had the wrong team with 24. Um, this week I'll pick I'll pick Colts, but it's going to be 28 to 27, a barn burner. That, that's Absolutely my prediction. Not. That's, Col- my, that's the, my prediction. 
Jets aren't putting up that many points, dogs. Temper your expectations. Temper them. Temper the expectations. Sorry, I, I do what I want. Well, we're going to talk about week eight upset picks, and I will start with eh, Logan. We'll start with you because last week I Sam cashed his Packers. I cashed my Patriots plus two hundred plus winners. You picked Washington football team, and you that's that's not on you. It's not your fault. We all no. fell into the Washington football team trap. But what is your pick this weekend? Well, first I have to address the Washington football trap. It, it was, uh, you know, someone blew it that game. It was, it was blew it the kicker. <laughs> How do you get so many kicks blocked? It's, it's quite incredible uh, to sit there and watch my upset pick go up in flames uh, via the kicker. And oddly enough, Washington had their chances to win that game, but I'm not talking about but they them. stink. I, yeah, it, 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 it was a stinky one. This one, this one, it could just be as bad, but hey, it's in value's name. Falcons <laughs> plus Falcons plus two fifteen against the Saints. I know what everyone's gonna say about the Saints. You know, we 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 saw them beat the Bucks last week. They're gonna be you know riding high, but you know what? I I just have I have a little bit of faith in this being the NFL, and and weird stuff happens any given Sunday. Uh, Matt Matt Ryan, season vet. You know, he's he's faced the Saints enough, and you know what? You're gonna look at the you're gonna look at this matchup on paper. You're gonna say. No way are the Falcons due, you know, this victory. Missing Calvin Ridley, all sorts of, you know, up and down. It, it just doesn't look good. But I remind people, this is the NFL, and weird stuff ha- happens. A weird divisional opponent being the Falcons, you know, against the Saints. I, I And we, we do have, you know, we don't know if Taysom Hill is going to play. I, I don't know, Austin, if you, if you know any more injury and news on that. But I know Taysom Hill was, was rumored to maybe be in the mix. But if it's Trevor Simeon again, the books are written on Trevor Simeon. He's not a good good quarterback. They're going to, you know, the Bucs were, were caught a little off guard last week. And if Simeon starts again, Falcons defense might have something for him. I'd love the pick. As I've said in my videos before, the Saints are not allowed to play good games in back-to-back weeks. And exactly. they, they played, they te- they technically won two straight. One of them was against Geno Smith. So it does not count. That is a null and void game. So I'd like the pick and I love the value. Um, and for Taysom Hill, he is coming. He's concussion protocol. That's why he's missed the past couple of games. I don't really right. know if he's going to come off it. It's really, you know, it's hard to predict concussions. All of them are unique. So We'll see. And yeah, I'm not necessarily, I don't, I think if their offense is going to look different either way, if Taysom Hill's out there, they're, they're, I don't know if they'll throw a pass. They'll definitely try not to, but <laughs> Trevor Simeon, they'll probably try to stretch the field a little bit more, but I like the pick. I'm going to move on to the mine and mine's a, mine's a sketchy one. Um, but last week I picked the Patriots at over plus two under value this week. I'm riding with the Vikings plus two eleven value at the Ravens. Now I understand everyone's in the comments saying, Screw you, the Vikings. I bet on them in Sunday night football against Cooper Rush and the Dallas Cowboys. What the heck was that? I understand. But have you ever watched the Vikings football game? Are you a Vikings fan? I Apparently you are not because you, this is what the Vikings do. They lose games that they should win, and they win games they shouldn't win. That's just what they do. And so this is a game they should not win. They shouldn't have any business beating the good Ravens team. Granted, the Ravens lost the Bengals a couple weeks ago. But I think the Vikings step up. They run Dalvin Cook into the ground, and I think they got a chance to beat this Ravens team. Even though they're in Baltimore, that like I said, this is the game the Vikings win because it makes absolutely no sense. They're like minus, I think they're plus five and a half, plus six and a half points. I'll take the money line, plus two eleven. Lock it in. I like it. Yeah, you know, I like the pick. It's one of those things you can never have a true lock in the NFL. So every time you think, oh yeah, the Ravens, nope. Vikings Which is that. true, because like I gave my stat last week, that all seven and a half point or fa- better favorites at all won every single game. Yeah, the Jets said no. Jets said no to that statistic. Absolutely, it's a, it's any given Sunday. They uh, the Vikings have a great offense. Love the value, Austin. Great pick as always. Sam, you can continue. Well, speaking of, you know, I really hate 
when I have to lie and give misinformation on this channel. And I don't do it often. I mean, point to my pick last week. I had the Packers winning. Gave you facts. It happened. But about five minutes ago, I just said the Jets were going to lose to the Indianapolis Colts 20 to 28. Well, guess what? That's not going to happen. The Jets right now are sitting at plus 420 odds against the Colts. The Colts, by the way, not an impressive football team by any stretch of the imagination outside of Jonathan Taylor. Maybe a little bit of Michael Pittman. Haven't seen enough to really like the Colts. At 420 against the Jets team that just is rolling so hot, came off beating the Bengals, right? No one expected that. How can you not say, I'm going to throw some money on that? We heard about the guy who bet on Mike White being the highest oh, uh, yeah. most passing mark last week, turned 1,000 into like 125,000. That's what we do as Jets fans, all right? Jets over the Colts, I'm locking it in. Let's reverse that and let's put some more sugar on it. Jets beating the Colts, 35. Love it. I like it. Lock it in. <laughs> I love the value. Throw my hat. I'm all amped up, man. We are. We're back, baby. There's, there's really, there's some dumb ways to spend your money in the world. But (laughs) betting on the Jets to win two games in a row is like crumpling up your money, throwing the trash can, and then lighting the trash can on fire. This upset pick. Play it back next week. We'll just make you look like a clown. There's there's no chance. If we're going to approach this with some rational thinking, you know, the Jets had nothing given nobody anything to think of and base a smart bet on in the first seven weeks of the season, right? And then you see what they do last week. If all you have is this performance from Mike White to look at, what is, what, what's there to be concerned about? I mean, it was a whole nother off, offense this past week. So yeah, this is not the Jets of the first seven weeks of the season. This is, this is a different animal. So based on that and what we saw against the Bengals, and I'll tell you what, that front seven on defense does look pretty good sometimes. At that value, don't call this Jets over Colts. Just see a team that just beat a really good team. <laughs> Let's not put names and, and mascots to anything here. Value alone, I like it. It's just it's an unknown. Would I be surprised if Mike White throws 100 yards and four picks? Absolutely not. But he might do the same thing again. And so a plus 420, quadruple your money, guys. Put a $10 bet on it. You know, Logan did say, you know, uh, there's – worse ways to spend money and you can definitely you're probably throwing away your money but you know what you aren't throwing your way money on investing in Moonbet, our sponsor of the podcast because Moonbet, we love Moonbet here we love them so much they're always supporting the, the podcast so if you haven't invested in Moonbet, we've done some videos with them sponsored by them we're sponsoring the podcast we appreciate them shout out to Moonbet. but yeah we're riding the jets into the ground and you can't <laughs> tell me otherwise but we're gonna move on and we're gonna we're no more no more jets talk i promise the rest of the podcast so you probably already clicked off by now um, but bold fantasy predictions. Uh, last week, we all sucked. We all were real bad. Now, I had mine was the Jets to not score. Sam picked Michael Thomas, who obviously didn't play. And Logan, what was yours? Joe Burrow to, to be a top three quarterback in fantasy. So, um, not, not great. Um, uh, but Sam, since you didn't technically put you pushed, we'll let you lead this one. What's your bold fantasy <laughs> prediction for week nine? Yeah, you know, I don't really think I can take an L last week because Michael Thomas didn't play. That that should be a standing bold prediction for whatever his first week. Okay. So there should be a week where I have two. But moving into this week, we already kind of touched upon the game. Big-time matchup, Packers-Chiefs. I think, kind of like I alluded to in the past, I think the, the Chiefs are going to kind of find some chemistry and, and maybe have a little bit more of a high-powered offense. And I think that, that would directly impact Travis Kelsey. 
who is still Travis Kelsey. We all know that he really hasn't been all that too impacted. However, in his last couple of games, he's coming off a real slow one last week. Um, only four receptions for 27 yards. Week before that, he only had 65 yards. He hasn't had a touchdown in the last three weeks. So I think he's going to come back with a strong performance. I think while the Chiefs probably still lose, I think they're going to find their rhythm. So I like him for something like seven, eight receptions, over 100 yards and a touchdown. I think he'll have another really stout, true-to-form Travis Kelsey performance. Okay. I can respect it. And if Michael yeah. Thomas returns, we will uh, allow that to be your second one. I do not know his injury status at the moment. So yeah, we'll, no we'll see. We'll see about that one. But Logan, I'll let you start. You go next. Okay. So that was, that was pretty bold, Sam, uh, with how defenses are, are, you know, defending the chiefs though. I could see it, right. It's, it's somewhat realistic. Mine is completely out of left field. It's like, what the heck we're talking about Jamal Agnew on this podcast. Who? Yes, the, the former Lions receiver. Yeah, he was mostly known as a special teams kind of gadget guy. But you know what? I'm predicting in Jaguars versus Bills, Jamal Agnew will be the highest scoring fantasy wide receiver in that game. I'm not, I'm not willing. Okay, maybe maybe player non-quarterback because I, I think Josh Allen might be able to do it. But the way the is, is really good. And you know what? They're not getting LaVisca Chenault anymore. I don't know what he did to you know be put in timeout like that but the the slot is how you attack the buffalo bills i think we're going to see a lot of uh creativity with jamal agnew he's he's one of those dfs players that you know we're, we're not not always talking about dfs on here but he could be a sneaky play this week well, i like i like it i've been considering picking some of his props in my videos because i've been seeing you know he's even i've seen him in some interviews he's a funny guy and they've been targeting him a lot and getting him the ball in his hands and he's made some pretty impressive catches so far this season so all he had to do was get out of Detroit and that and look at him, look at him go. Um, but my bold prediction this week, it's a spicy one. I'm doing two attack of Iloa to be the number one scoring QB in fantasy football. Now he did it two weeks ago. And then he played against the Buffalo Bills defense, which has been very good this season and really kept them in that game. Sort of. I mean, the Bills or Dolphins defense looked like the best, one of the best defenses in the league against Josh Allen up until the fourth quarter. And then they just fell apart. But Tua, like I said, number one fantasy scoring QB this week. He did it two weeks ago. And you look at it, the Texans are bad. They are not a good team. And this is quietly a team that that you you know Tua. They were trying to consider trading for Deshaun Watson, and he would have probably been traded to the Texans team. So maybe this little bit of you guys should have traded for me. I'm giving you a big game, four touchdowns, zero picks. See it. It's it's good. Texas no. Texans defense is they look so bad against the Rams. Oh my goodness, it was. It was atrocious. It was an atrocious uh, performance. I, I I could definitely see Tua having himself a day. Yeah. I mean, if you had Rams to cover that game, I'm, I'm sorry to you. Um, but that was a, a brutal beat. But, Although, yeah, they really – I what's up? Well, no, I, I just think you said QB1. You might want to say QB2 because Mike White plays Thursday night. But it's okay. I see, I see what you're saying. No, yes, no um, more. That's, that's my fault. Uh, QB2. <laughs> um, oh you are right. You are so right. Um. No, but the Texans, yeah, you're right, Logan. They, they look terrible. I took uh, Matthew Stafford's under 35 and a half passing attempts. Luckily, he got benched midway through the third, basically, or else he would have smashed that over. They, their offense just does three plays and then throws and then hikes and then punts it. But I hope yeah. they get Terod Taylor back. That would be, you know, maybe give some Brandon Cooks fantasy owners some, a little bit of life. Although I do think he had a decent game this past weekend, but you can't have much faith trotting out of Texans, any player on the Texans so far. So we're going to move on. We're going to recap. We're going to give our quick predictions for Sunday and Monday Night Football, and then we'll get out of here. We're start with Sunday Night Football. This game had a lot more juice to it up until Saturday, Sunday, really Monday morning. 
the Titans versus the Rams. And obviously Derrick Henry, everyone knows the news, likely be out for the rest of the season, at least, I don't know, there's a bunch of different timelines out there. But if he returns, it won't be until the end of the year. Titans versus Rams. What are your guys' takeaway on this? The Rams are seven and a half point favorites. Logan, I'll let you start. Uh, you know, and what Derrick do I do? Henry, what do you do with Derrick Henry if you roster him in fantasy? You can answer that too. Yeah, I mean, I I think with Derrick Henry, j- just just because you know he probably got you so far, you know, into the season, you just gotta kind of have to keep him kind of like Christian McCaffrey owners. Just kind of have to 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 keep him on your bench. Maybe your league has an IR slot, uh, and you can use him in there. But I I I just see the Rams. The Rams are a juggernaut right now, and they they will win and they will cover this one uh, against the Titans. Yeah, no, I have to agree with you, Logan. It's just too big of an unknown right now what that backfield for the Titans is going to look like. I mean, Derrick Henry was the offense, right? Face of the fan- franchise, face of everything, and now he's gone. So it's too big of an unknown. I wouldn't be betting on the Titans. I think the Rams come out and steamroll over. Yeah, I'm, I, I can't help but kind of agree with you guys. The game is in SoFi Stadium, too. The Titans normally, you know, you think about, oh, the Titans did beat, you know, good teams like the Bills and Chiefs. I don't know if we will consider them good, sure. But both of those games were in Tennessee. This game's in L.A. So I'm going to roll with the tight or the Rams in this one. I just think the loss of Derrick Henry is big. Now, Adrian Peterson will be curious to see. Are you guys trying to rush to the waiver wire to pick up AP or – you're kind of just waiting to see. I mean, I, I assume we'll be a number one waiver priority ad for a lot of leagues, but are you rushing to pick him up or are you just going to, you know, let someone else deal with the Adrian Peterson show? 36 yeah, you know, year running back. I, I would have rather it been an unknown because if it's some like Dearness Johnson, you're like, all right, we'll throw, we'll throw this guy a bone. AP, as much as we love him and as great of a player as he is, I just don't see him being able to come out fantasy-wise with, with that prolific of a performance. He might still be impactful, but – I don't think he's going to be able to put up those numbers. So I really wish it was like some unknown fresh leg guy who we'd be, you know, all jumping to, to pick up this week. So I'm not too high on AP, but, you know, I like running backs based on the position and, and the, the situation for the team. And there's no better place to have, you know, a one trick pony. It's, it's the Tennessee Titans that run the football. So who knows? I could, I could beat my words tomorrow or next week if he has a great performance. I just, I'm not too convinced right now. Logan, um, yeah, yeah, I'm not. I you you he's going to be very touchdown dependent, right? You know, unlike Derrick Henry, I don't think you know Peterson's got the explosiveness uh, into him, and he, like Sam said, he's got some wear and tear on that body for sure. And he's he's not a, he's not a spring chicken at all. Um, now I'm not. I'm probably not rushing, and maybe if I'm in a super deep league, I, I'd rush to get him. But now I just I, I don't see a ton of upside there. Yeah, I don't think, especially not out of the gates against a very good Rams defense, which they could get behind the sticks and be down a ton of down pretty quickly. And then AP is completely out of it. So I do think he's going to be very touchdown dependent, like you said, Logan, and be very game script dependent. And that's kind of how Derrick Henry was, but he still had some juice, even if they were down a bunch of points, they'd still run him into the ground for whatever reason. But yeah, I don't know how you can get excited for Adrian Peterson. It will be a slow start to his, uh, if he does get a ton of snaps this weekend. I do think Jeremy McNichols might be sneaky. I think he has a decent chance to, you know, take, I think people might think, you know, this Adrian Peterson show, but Jeremy Jeremy McNichols, very good runner in college. So we'll see if they start to use him more now that Derrick Henry's gone. Obviously he doesn't have a lot of career, a lot of rushing attempts this season, but you know, there's no real reason to give it to Jeremy McNichols out of the backfield, except unless you're passing it to him when you have Derrick Henry running the ball. So we'll see how that goes. I think we're all on the Rams and we'll ride with that. Let's wrap up Monday night football. It's, I don't, it's the bears versus Steelers. What do you want me to say? Um, <laughs> I, my, my prediction for this game, I think the Steelers team roll them. I'm not a big fan of uh, 
I, I like Justin Fields, not a big bear, fan of the Bears as an organization, as a whole coaching staff. So I just don't think they're going to get it done. I was really praying that they would get Allen Robinson out of here, but alas, they did not. He's still there. So you know, eventually you think, hey, we'll start to use Allen Robinson and maybe he has a big game on Monday Night Football and everyone's fantasy football benches, which would be fitting uh, seeing him go <laughs> off then. But I'm not a big fan of it. Steelers are finally been getting the ground game going. Najee Harris looking pretty good. Deontay Johnson obviously out there. So I'll ride with the Steelers in this one. What about you guys? What's the spread? Uh, do, you, do you got the I'll spread find, offhand? I will find it. It is going to be Steelers are six and a half point favorites. They're at home. Uh, oddly enough, I think that I, I, I could see the Bears potentially covering this one. This one could be a little bit of a field goal, just an ugly type grind grind game but yeah I mean <laughs> I think TJ Watt is absolutely going to feast on that Bears offensive line he, you know Fields is going to be running for his poor life I mean it's it's good the, the Bears the only shot they can they can have you know in this game is, is getting that ground game involved which ha- has looked pretty decent uh, the past few weeks they're, they're they absolutely uh, are going to have to just play one of those grinded out type slugfest games yeah I mean they're gonna have to run the ball a ton and hopefully force Big Ben into some turnovers that's how you beat them. If you make, you know, Big Ben a turnover machine, you're obviously going to have a better chance of winning. But Sam, what about you? What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, Big Ben really hasn't looked all too impressive this year. But last week, I almost felt like he was going to say, I still own you, the Cleveland Browns, right? Because he got it done. And the Steelers are one of those teams that just, you know, always play teams tough. And there's nothing to really get too excited about the Bears. So, yeah, I like the Steelers and um, kind of agree with you more so, Austin, than Logan, that I think it's going to be a, a dominant showing, and I think they're going to get it done. Yeah, if there's anything that you can say wrong about the Steelers' defense, is that their corners haven't been necessarily that great. They struggled at the beginning of the year now, getting a little bit better, but Justin Fields hasn't really shown the ability to stretch the do- top off the defense, really complete a lot of deep passes, really even passes in general to people like Allen Robinson or Darnell Mooney. So I think we'll all ride Steelers, whether or not they cover this spread. We'll, so we'll see. And I'll have a separate video on that one. But any other final takeaways for this week? Anything you guys are looking forward to? Any other big matchups? Logan, you think your Panthers are winning this weekend? It's it, it's it's a little bit of a trap spread. I'm not even going to lie. If you're just looking at it, you're like, you know, t- take Patriots off a, off a good win uh, against the Chargers. But you know what? I don't even know who's starting at quarterback for Carolina. Could it be a concussed Arnold or could it be PJ Walker? I don't know, but I'm not going to guarantee a Panthers win. You're not going to sucker me into that. one. I'm not trying to sucker you. I agree with you. I think the spread is very trap. Like it's only four points. Yeah. And you, after what the Panthers have done so far the past couple of weeks, granted they got a, a big win last weekend, but not necessarily a team that inspires you a lot. And I think they should be without CMC again. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'll pick the Patriots, but I, I could see the Panthers sneakily covering this game, even winning it. That's just this is a game that they it's it, it, the, the spread is what it is, and there's not much mm-hmm. you can do about it. Anything else you're looking forward to, Sam, before we wrap it up? These poor viewers viewers have already heard me talk about the Jets enough tonight. So I uh, no, no, I, I will end on that. That that sounds about fitting. So we'll wrap it up. That is the podcast. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. If you haven't downloaded the podcast, go go download it. The link is down below in the description. We appreciate you guys and subscribe to the channel if you guys are new. We're almost at 12,000 subscribers. So shout out to you guys. Click that like button on the video too. Drop a comment down below with your upset pick for week nine. And we'll catch you guys again next week. Peace.